Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 335, and if only you could hear us off the air. Wow. March 3rd, 2020. <laughs> the high on this day, or the record high on this day, was 65 in 1905, and it was 13 below on two occasions. 1873 and last year. I don't remember it being 13 below on this day oh, in 2019. I don't remember Last that year? Mm-mm. mm from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. I'll often hear, uh, even from people who are uh, pretty solidly against voting for Bernie Sanders, that, oh, he's not that bad. He's a capitalist. He's a social democrat. He's, you, you're getting worked up about nothing, Joe. He's, he's not that bad of a guy, to which I respond, yes, he's a, he's a total embarrassment to everything America stands for. And I thought it would be interesting to have you hear him say it himself that he's not a capitalist. And I was alerted to this. This is a 1981 interview with Bernie Sanders on what would have been called the Today Show with Mm -hmm. Jane Pauley. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know Phil uh, Donahue was an interviewer for that show. He's not a very good one, uh, but he was the uh, interviewer. Jane Pauley set it up that recently Bernie Sanders... Bernard, uh, they keep calling him. Bernard, Bernard. He wasn't Sanders. even Bernie then. Bernard. Bernard Sanders was elected mayor of Burlington, Vermont. That's Vermont's largest city at about 38,000 people in 1981. And, and Bernie looks like a, a, a Woody Allen of about that era with the uh, hair flying all over the place. Uh, and uh, I'm not taking anything out of context. It's over seven minutes long. Uh, and to prove to you that I'm not taking anything out of context, you can do your own Googling, you know, YouTube. I can post it to the GL Facebook yeah. page since you uh, But I, I wanted you to hear him uh, because Minnesotans will probably elect him uh, in the primary today, which is a, a just a dreadful embarrassment for our state. Uh, but here, here is uh, Phil Donahue. Oh, he won the vote uh, for mayor. He defeated a five-time Democratic incumbent running as an independent. He he won the mayoral race in Burlington by ten votes. Mm-hmm. By 10 votes. And uh, here, here he is in this interview. Not for families. That's too low. You know, we have husbands and wives. But, but you would consider a legislation that would tax the wealthy. Absolutely. We want to take the burden off low-income and working people, and you've got to go to those institutions, those corporations, and those individuals who can better afford to pay. You, uh, you surprised everybody with this victory, including media. And not all media has been consistently attentive to you. Isn't that right? Uh, I think what people were saying is, well, gee, Ronald Reagan is, is a right-wing guy, and what happened in Burlington, Vermont? And I think the answer to that is I don't believe personally that the majority of people in America believe in Ronald Reagan's ideology. What happened was that Jimmy Carter failed. I think that's just clear as everybody, Mr. Carter would probably admit it. Uh, and people are looking for an alternative. Mr. Reagan, with hundreds of millions of dollars behind him, with sophisticated media use and so forth and so on, was able to say to the people, we are the alternative. 
Now, obviously, what we are trying to do, people like myself all around the country are saying, wait a minute, you're going to find out very soon that this guy is not the alternative. There are other alternatives. Okay. Uh, I know these are terribly complicated questions, and our time is up, but are you a capitalist? No, I'm not a capitalist. So you don't believe in the profit motive, free enterprise, if I have a better mousetrap, I make more money. There's something can... to be said for free enterprise on a local level and the competition. But what we're happening in our society is we don't live in a free enterprise society. You live in a corporate capitalist society where in virtually every single industry you have giant multi-billion dollar corporations competing, driving the small businessmen okay. But let's out. pretend it would work without all that kind of acquisition of power that is unfair and doesn't... Do I believe that the profit motive is fundamental to human nature? The answer is no. I think the spirit of cooperation, that you and I can work together better rather than having to compete against each other and Detroit, destroy each other. Bernard Sanders, Mayor, Burlington, Vermont. We'll watch with interest and wish you well. Well, I just wanted people to hear that. Yeah. You don't want to hear it from me. <laughs> it's worth hearing. Yeah. Are you a capitalist? No, I'm not. Do you believe the, in the profit motive? Well, in, ultimately, in the end, no, I believe we can build the mousetrap together. <clears throat> but what if, I'm, what if mine's better than yours? Well, he doesn't believe that. And he also said he doesn't believe that most Americans would have believed in the Ronald Reagan ideology of the time. Mm -hmm. that's, that's tantamount to him saying that more Americans, to his way of thinking, don't believe in capitalism. I find this man to be uh, terribly uh, dreadful, just a dreadful guy. Who, he's a faithless guy. Uh, he's not a practicing Jew. He's, uh, I don't know what he is. But Minnesotans are going to stand up tall for him. And did you read some of the quotes from his followers uh, in, the, in the news accounts today covering his rally last night? Mm -hmm. Oh, he's compassionate. He is? Doesn't seem like it. No, he doesn't. And, not and at all. I, I, I always have been weary of, uh, and everybody on the left does it, not just Bernie, but I've always been wearied of their, their use of the term the working people because they think that anyone that, they have a m number in mind. I don't know what that number is. But above a certain income, you are no longer the working no, people. No, you're, you're Even elite. though you're working. Yes. Yeah. You're an elitist. Yeah. It's just uh, it's How a, was the rally last night? It was fantastic. Did you have a good time? <laughs> yeah, I wore one of those uh, Dr. Seuss hats. <laughs> Did you get a contact high? Was it oh, like going gracious. to a Grateful Dead concert? Yeah, it really was. It really was. It's just fantastic. What did they... I, I couldn't bring myself to... What did they announce for a crowd? I have no idea. The River mm. Center isn't that big. Uh, I don't know where in the River Center they held it. Oh, probably where there's the Donnie Smith motorcycle show down there. In that sure. big, yeah. big room there. Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think it was Roy Wilkins. That's the old hockey rink built part of the building mm -hmm. that still stands. But I'm sure he had a great turnout. And Ilhan was there. He thinks she's a great congresswoman. <laughs> <laughs> because of course he does. If he wins, yeah, exactly, Chris. <laughs> if he wins, which is plausible, uh, you are then you have your mystery. The mystery will have triumphed. The full circle. The, the mystery is the reinvention oh. of this country, and he he would do that. I don't know if he can get it done. He's I don't. He's never impressed me as a very hard worker. As again. He's been in the Congress since uh, 91, and then he was in the Senate since 07. And all of you people who apparently find him to be the answer, would you please tell me something he's accomplished? <laughs> you are very um, paranoid. Uh, that's probably not the right word, both on the air and off the air. 
saying that you, my sense is that you really, really think he's going to get the nomination. Is that true? I have a growing sense of that, yeah. Because wouldn't you say the machinations, is that the right way to use that word? Machinations. Over the weekend of the Democratic Party, to me, it seemed like they were moving and working behind the scenes to get Pete and Amy and uh, the other dude we lost. uh, What's his Yeah. Lined up, put into place, and maybe in the case of Amy, make some promises to her that if you drop out now— you know, you might end up being Joe's VP. Secretary of State. Yeah, stuff, stuff, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And, and doesn't it seem like like the, the article we read, remember last, it was Thursday or Friday, Such, we there was that article in the Star Tribune buried on page three saying that the Democratic Party is working behind the scenes to get Bernie out of there. And I think what we saw over the weekend was just that. And I think that must mean the Democratic Party... Uh, must believe that America would reject this old fool. Right. It would reject this mm-hmm. old yeah. communist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but you you see the the hordes of young people who adore him and get interviewed and and think he's the answer. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, my fingers are crossed that he can't possibly get the nomination. What about Royce's theory? Because when he said it, I, I, I thought it was funny. But the more I've thought about it, he might be right. Remind me again. What it was, was. Uh, he basically said there's a bunch of people posing as lefties all going to vote for him to shoot up his numbers in the sense because they know that Trump will demolish him in November. Yeah, no, I don't, nah. That seems kind of far out there. It, it does, but. Yeah. Well, they, are you talking about Republicans? Yes. Yeah. Well, the Republican Party in several states have. Hadn't made a call to do yeah, that. Yeah, it's not. Oh, a really? Secret. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's not a top secret. Yeah. Trump oh. himself has said to do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Go, go sign. Uh, today, I'm not voting oh. today because I'm not going to declare in front of my neighbors mm-hmm. who I am or what I am or that's my business. Mm-hmm. It was in Roy Wilkins, by the way. It six, was? 6,000 people. Yeah, Roy Wilkins Auditorium. Yeah, it holds about 6,000. I saw Snoop Dogg at Roy Wilkins. I saw a metal concert there with my kids. I saw the best concert I've ever seen in my life there. Which one? Tears for Fears. Really? Best concert I've ever seen. That in was my at life. Roy Wilkins. Roy huh? Wilkins. Huh. Saw Nirvana there. I saw that show. That's when I walked out in front of the stage because I knew where my kid was sitting and you know did this deal. <laughs> <laughs> I would have left. <laughs> I would have left. Uh, saw a lot of people there. Saw Arcade Fire there. John doesn't you like wouldn't walk kid. across the street, would you? See well, I did, I, you make it sound like I hate them. I don't hate them. I just think they're boring. You're I wrong. Do. I, I do. You, you hate do them? what? Sure. You hate them. Yeah. Okay. Kenny hates them for me, I guess, yeah. apparently. New study says children are suffering from scary nightmares <laughs> and losing sleep over climate change. <sighs> children are losing sleep and having nightmares, according to a new study cited by the Independent uh Oh, it's a newspaper in the UK. BBC News Round conducted a survey on 2,000 kids ages 8 to 16 to determine their thoughts around eco-anxiety. The survey found that 80% of children surveyed said the issue of climate change was important to them. (coughs) Additionally, 73% of the children surveyed added that they experience worry. 22% say they are very worried. The outlet reported that 58% of the children surveyed are concerned that climate change will impact them personally. And 19% of the kids admitted that they had nightmares over the climate crisis. Wow. What crisis? Go back to bed, you little creep. (laughs) That's no way to console your little one. (laughs) The hell with them. 
And 17% of the children <laughs> surveyed added they have been so bothered by climate change that the very idea has disrupted their regular patterns of eating and sleeping. I will bet everything I own that if one of your grandkids came to you in tears, that is not what you would say. I would say you're full up. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you wouldn't. I have seen you around those. Don't worry you, about it, you little <laughs> punk. You are a, the biggest softy I've ever no, seen. No, I'm saying hell, go back to bed. Dream about Yogi Bear, or whatever that <laughs> doll you have, or whatever that is. Get Yogi out of here, Bear. Uh huh. Sixty-year-old exactly reference. what you would say, Joe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, we're talking uh, public figures like David Attenborough. David, not, not yes. Richard. Richard's David dead, apparently, by the way. Huh? That's Richard's dead, apparently. Somebody tweeted yeah, to we me We got that little yesterday. Uh, public <laughs> figures like David Attenborough and Greta Thunberg have helped young people to voice their worries. And we have to make sure that we as adults listen to them. I'm not going to listen to you, you little punk. Tell me about some other dream you had. I'm not going to listen to this nonsense. Well, you have to console them, and you have to convince them that it's not a real deal. Uh, and you give you them a somehow... little pat and say, hey, 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 it's going to be okay. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's not going to happen tonight. No. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. We'll see you tomorrow night. <laughs> we all need to support them to not feel hopeless, but rather to present them hopeful and balanced messages about their futures and ensure that they get professional help if their anxiety is unduly high. You know what? Pump them full of drugs. No! Pump them full of all kinds of anti-anxiety magazines. <laughs> How old were you in, uh, oh. like, say, 57? 28. No, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> you were eight years old. Whatever, yeah. So what did your parents tell you when you had dreams of nuclear nuclear heart They didn't Holocaust? care. They didn't care if Go I Go back did. to bed. Go back to bed. I'm going to take your blankie and I'm going to throw it in the incinerator. Well, we can see why you turned yeah, out the I was way you say, did. It explains a lot. <laughs> now everything's going to be okay. It's a little window into <laughs> I had. To, I was very pigeon-toed about that era. And I can still remember hearing my parents say, why is he walking like that? Get him. You got to get something to straighten out his feet. What the hell's wrong with his feet? Like he's not even in the room. <laughs> Going to have to get special shoes. I don't know if we can afford it. Well, you still walk kind of weird. Oh, you've sure got, I do. Got you just own. sit and stare at the floor when he walks, walking down the hallway, hands in his pocket. Uh, where was I? I got to start being nice to him. <laughs> Yeah, climate yeah. nightmare. Uh, Reavers, is your oldest aware of the so-called climate crisis? Uh, I'm shocked it hasn't come up and that it hasn't been brought up in school. But he's never—he's only a second grader, but that's never once come so up. So he's like a seven. He's eight. He just eight turned years eight. old. Yep. That must be something they tune into, like at around eleven. Yeah, or 12, I'm, I'm waiting for it. Believe me, I am. When the uh, teachers—if I hear about it, if I hear about it. I'm marching to the school. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be just as mad. I'm at my checkbook. <laughs> and I'm going to say, see this? Yeah. That's the last time you've seen it. Yeah. If you're going to make this part of the curriculum, I'm done. Wow. I'm done. Has that happened with you? Did it go through any of your kids when that? You no, were at that I've, stage? I've really escaped a lot with the kids I used to have. I escaped the social media craze. Right. I yep. escaped them having their own cell phones. Oh, yep. I escaped them being proselytized about the climate. I, I got very lucky. You did. Very yeah. lucky. Well, I very told lucky. you about my buddy with the 14-year-old uh, daughter 
And she, no matter what science you, no matter what truce you present to her, she rejects it because it's not what her teachers have taught yeah. her about climate change in school. Yeah. Well, I got news for you. There was a time in America when you were a lot more afraid of your parents than you were of a teacher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boy, right? isn't that the truth. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. John? Yes. Did you write a coronavirus song? Today? I did. I'm anxious to hear it. I did. Okay. I'm anxious to hear Save it for the news? Uh, I think you should. Yeah, I yeah. think so, too. I would like to do a groin kicking. Okay. Oh. Uh, Thank you for the notification. You're more than welcome. I happen to peek at your notes. This one has been around a while, and I'm glad you're on it because it is hysterical. Oh, it's just this one of the beauties. This is the funnest ever. Yeah. This, cool, this will, I can tell you right now, this will be a contender in the 2020 groinies. Don't you think? Well, just for humor's sake, I think yeah. so. Uh, e- even her, um, well, set it up and do it first before. A I self-proclaimed vegan runner from, <laughs> from Berkeley. Yeah, see, you know where, this one. <laughs> where else? From Berkeley, California. Yeah. Received backlash on Saturday after asking neighbors to close their windows when cooking meat because the smells were overpowering and offensive. The rant was posted to uh, Best Next Door, an account that houses neighborhood drama, which showed the runner had requested nearby residents only barbecue vegetables because it's always hard for me this time of year when the weather starts warming up. Several nights a week, I'm out running around dinner time, and when people have their windows open, I can smell what they are cooking. I've noticed a sharp uptick recently in smells of folks cooking meat, and it can be quite overpowering. I'm warming up my feet. <laughs> a self-proclaimed vegan. Uh, quite honestly, the owner is the odor is offensive, and I'm hoping our community can save, have some empathy for its plant-based neighbors by closing their windows if they are cooking meat and only putting vegetables on their barbecue. Uh, they didn't want to be a stereotype and suggested people should join the movement and and do some research on why the odor of cooking animals is offensive. Uh, the post directed to people in the area is, what's up, neighborhood? One love. Received backlash on Twitter. I don't want to be a stereotype at the end of a multi-paragraph whine about how hard it is being vegan. This is performance art, a user concluded. Yes. yes. As a carnivore barbecue chef, it's always hard for me this time of year when the weather starts warming up and vegan runners start running by my windows, another said. You know what else smells terrible? Runners. Have some respect. Exercise indoors with all the windows locked, another wrote. Another person said they would roast an entire goat right outside just to spite. Him. Some people came to the runner's defense agreeing that the smell of barbecue could be overwhelming. What are you doing? I'm roasting a goat. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) Try being a vegan in Texas. My redneck neighbors over the back fence are hunters and have two smokers in their backyard. The whole neighborhood is smoky for weeks on end and my dogs smell like bacon whenever they come in from the backyard. I live in Texas and I eat meat. Uh, the hell with you. you we, I, we don't have her name, but she's going to be known as the vegan runner, and she deserves a groin kicking. That deserves this. You need to, uh, you need to start following that account, Best of Next Door. Have you seen it? Oh, I've, I've been following it for a long time. Next, what is it? Next Door is an app that you can join where you can argue with your neighbors. And every every little neighborhood in every town in America has uh, their little thing they sign on to and they argue. Uh, My wife is on ours. But instead of getting involved in Next Door, you just go on Twitter and go to Best 
of next door yeah. where all they do is tweet the fights oh and it's God. absolutely wonderful oh, so can't. there's different uh so yeah, for instance, there's one that says "Best of Next Door" in Birmingham, yeah. "Best right. of Next Door" in Arizona. Oh, oh! I just followed the one lady oh. who has "Best of Next Door." Okay, and she's the one that started it all, and it's for all across America. Okay. Sometimes my neighborhood comes up. Oh, here it is, right here. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. And the other one, her. did did you start following Drive Tribe? I don't know what that is. Yeah, I told you to start following Drive I, Tribe. I don't, know, I don't know how to follow you, people. You will absolutely <laughs> love it. How do you follow someone? The best, <laughs> Kenny, the best part of this Twitter account, Best of Next Door, the profile logo is the two old men from the Muppets that yes. argue oh, with yeah. each other. Yeah. That's yeah. spectacular. We'll hook you up after we're done taping here. Joe. How do I follow someone? I hope you all got to EcoFund to take advantage of that year-end clearance sale on the Bintelli e-bikes that's... EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. Uh, spring is just around the corner, and EcoFun is the place to go for Bintelli e-bikes, scooters that get about 75 miles to the gallon, full line of Yamaha motorcycle products, helmets, apparel, you name it. Great service, too. Tim will send a truck through town. He picks up uh, any scooter or bike that needs service, brings it back to Forest Lake, repairs it, gets it back to you. Uh, I'm talking about ATVs, side-by-sides, electric bikes, scooters, kids' electric balance dirt bikes. You name it, it's just fantastic. And uh, you got a great week of weather coming up. You might want to check out your own Bintelli e-bike right now. In fact, uh, I believe the storage deal would still be on. If you picked up an e-bike, you know, here in March 3, 4, 5, 6, you, you don't want to take it home yet? They'll store your e-bike until the end of March. And check out those scooters. They turn every errand into an adventure. Race Stars, Cabos, uh, Havana Classic, Soho 50s. Everything you want for outdoor entertainment and transportation available at EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Is this new Dylan Height? Yes, sir. This is... I think we would call this tasty. Yeah. Johnny, I'm going to start visiting a buddy of mine who is in a rest home up in Andover. I uh, realized last week that I really miss this guy. He's a lot of fun. And I'm thinking this is going to give me an excuse once a week to stop into your joint. So, I first of all, I need the address wow. of Mancetti's. Uh, Mancetti's, 3603 Round Lake Boulevard. And that's on the way to Andover, right? It, it is in Andover. It's Perfect. right on the border of Andover. A mile north of Highway 10. Perfect. On Round Lake so Boulevard. So if I'm going 10, yep. I take a right on Round Lake Boulevard that's, and go up a ways. You go up north about one mile. There it is. One mile. And in fact, you can come visit me, too, because I'm right around uh, the corner. No, I don't want to do that. I'm too interested <laughs> in that. But I want to go see my buddy Torgi, and I'm thinking a once-a-week visit, a stop into Mancetti's would be pretty cool. There you go, Mancetti's. They have the best homemade food in that area. All their sauces. Uh, it's a pizza. I guess we should tell people it's a pizza and pasta place. Uh, they got all the homemade sauces. Uh, the pizzas has a wonderful homemade sauce, all of the pizzas. You can get any kind of pizza you want. Uh, check out things like baked rigatoni, which has a different sauce than the pizza, a different sauce than the spaghetti, all homemade and all delicious, all 
also the meatballs, which are one of my favorite things in the world. Uh, it's their own recipe. They put the meatballs together themselves. You get yourself an order of spaghetti. You get a meatball on top of it, and they're pretty good size. You get a couple pieces of cheese bread with that, and uh, you've got lunch, supper, whatever you want. I guess breakfast, too, if you really want to. Mancetti's 3603 Round Lake Boulevard. They've also added, by the way, you can get beer and wine there, and they've now added a Garfish Brewings Apricot Wheat Beer. Huh. So you can get that. Uh, they have a happy hour, two-for-one beer and wine from 4 to 6 p.m. Again, Mancetti's Pizza and Pasta, 3603 Round Lake Boulevard, right where Anoka and and over. Meat. Is there still such a thing as Swedish meatballs? Oh, my God. They're so sure. good. But, oh. What was that all about? Oh. I, not, I don't like those. That's not. I, you, I don't you, like the concept. You wouldn't even know. You, you would have no idea. No. You, you don't know. No. I, I, I don't like them either, Kenny. I'm sorry. I, I love Italian meatballs. I, I, there's only one way to have a meatball. That's an Italian yeah, meatball. Yeah. You yes. Lutherans don't know how to make <laughs> seasoning or anything. Oh, okay. It's soaked in milk. What? The Swedish meatballs. Oh, they're dreadful. I actually, I, I'm with Kenny. I like Swedish yeah, meatballs. Good. Two to two. Nope. <laughs> it's two to Here's two. Here's John Height. What about potato Thanks. sausage? Uh, only if I get it from Grunhofer's. All right. I don't know if I've ever had potato sausage. It's Just yummy. Turned into a weird conversation, didn't it? In news, the abrupt withdrawal of Amy Klobuchar from the presidential race gave frontrunner Bernie Sanders a sudden opportunity for locking up Minnesota today, Super Tuesday. Sanders, who easily won Minnesota's caucuses back in 2016, has a large and motivated base in the state, <laughs> offsetting Klobuchar's presumed home field advantage in a race that was increasingly seen as tight before she dropped out Monday, her departure following the weekend exit of fellow moderate Pete Buttigieg. Sanders also had a fortuitously timed last-minute rally in St. Paul on Monday night. It was scheduled days before Klobuchar quit the race. He had some backing from two progressive stars who have national followings, U.S. Representative Ilhan Omar and Attorney General Keith Ellison. Uh, Klobuchar and Buttigieg endorsed Biden, Joe Biden. As moderates moved to blunt Sanders' rise, Biden was fresh off a big one in South Carolina on Saturday. Had little campaign organization in Minnesota, hadn't spent a whole lot of time in the state. Minnesota has 75 national convention delegates up for grabs. It's the first presidential primary in Minnesota since 1992 and the first one that's binding on both parties since 1956. The state ditched a caucus system after 2016, saw long lines and chaotic gatherings in some places. President Trump, by the way, uh, had the Minnesota GOP primary ballot all to himself today after party leaders decided not to list any Republican challengers. The write-in votes will be allowed. I I have a political question, and I know we've discussed it a little bit before, but with Ellison and Omar backing Bernie, that can't be good for their long-term political careers by not supporting Amy, correct? No, I don't. I don't think it's going to hurt their. I think you don't think so. I think we've, as we've discussed, uh, Omar's bulletproof. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I don't think being a progressive will probably hurt you here either. So, in Minnesota, sadly, I agree. <laughs> no. How's it working out for you, John? <laughs> I'm I'm not a progressive. That sounds weird when you say you're not progressive. Right. Anyway, because <laughs> because of the coronavirus, Minnesotans might notice more empty shelves while out shopping. Looks like some people are stocking up on things like hand sanitizer, tissues, toilet paper, water, and non-perishable food items because of the outbreak. Hand sanitizer. Are we going to turn off the water? I don't get the water part. Yeah. Why are we going to turn off the water? I, I don't know. My water, we just take it out of the tap and run it through a filter, and it's good to go. I don't even bother with the filter. Yeah. Just give me a glass of water. Yeah. 
Can it's yeah. I'm gonna drink it from a garden hose outside. (laughs) (laughs) I've done that many times. I do. I've been there many times. Yeah. Hand sanitizer gone from numerous stores around the Twin Cities. Costco's have run out of toilet paper and other goods in the past few days. What? Yeah. I I know of one Costco for sure that did where somebody I know works. Ran out of toilet paper and water. Aren't they doing the Christmas bonus toilet paper? You know what Christmas bonus toilet paper is? I don't know what that that is. It's the stuff that comes from work. Oh, I don't have any of that either. (laughs) Christmas bonus. Some stuff's st- like sandpaper. <laughs> well, it's free. Yeah. Some stores are also running short on disinfecting Wait, wipes. Tom's listening, isn't he? Oh, yeah. damn it. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for getting the uh, good. Edit uh, that out. Yep. Edit that it. out. You got it, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for getting the good hand towels, you Tom, finally. that low that you would steal toilet paper? Uh, no. Never. Is this America? Absolutely is never, suit. I would this? never do that. Joe? I, I know a guy that did it, though. There was once. a point in college where uh, the five of us roommates uh, each had part-time jobs, and it was your week yes. to steal the toilet paper from work. <laughs> paper, <Really>? sea <laughs> towels, <laughs> toilet paper, plastic <laughs> forks. One of the guys was a uh, hotel employee. Oh. Oh, that's the best kind. That's oh. half the reason why we kept him around. Yeah. You yeah. see where the moral and ethical decline of America it's started, It's happening Joe? everywhere, isn't yeah. it, Jack? Yeah. Yeah. Just go. Paper plates. I'm a fall. <laughs> I apologize to the Mankato Holiday Inn, by the way. Triple A <laughs> batteries. <laughs> Jeez. Well, you said hotel like it was a good place. <laughs> The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention warned the spread of the virus was inevitable, noting not so much a question of uh, when, uh, uh, no, of if, but when. Uh, Related to that, the Federal Reserve announcing an emergency rate cut Tuesday morning of a half a percentage point in response to the growing economic threat from the coronavirus. The move is the first such cut since the financial crisis. It comes amid that volatile patch on Wall Street. And amid a steady stream of hectoring from President Trump, who has called for lower rates to stay competitive with policy at other global central banks. Oh, yeah, I said I'd write you a song about the coronavirus. So. Finally. It's been a long time. It has. I know. I'm, I'm not feeling the muse, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I understand. Don't play guitar at home anymore. Why should I play here? <laughs> Have you given it up, Jen? No, I just I haven't had time. I see. I plan to get back seriously into it this week. All right. I've uh, I've had my bass out recently. Have you? Yeah. Well, you should bring it in. We can do songs together. Well, I will. You know what? I will if Such brings in a snare. You should and set a... up some tubs here. Yeah. At least a snare and a hi hat. Yeah. I know where you can get some. With that pawn shop. Yeah. Yeah. Good Turn it up, though. I can't hear it. I'm just practicing. I don't know how the song's going to go, so <laughs> leave me alone. All right, here we go. Ready? Here we go. Let me play through it once, just see if I can get the feel. I like it. You like it so far? Yeah. Okay. I think it sounds like pretty much everything else you've ever done. <laughs> no, don't, be, don't be hurtful. <laughs> Gee whiz. I tried not to make it jazzy because I'm always making everything jazzy. It's very yeah. good so far. All right, the coronavirus. No, no, let's start over. Start over. The coronavirus is here. Please take care. Will it kill us all or is just a overhyped scare? A people buying up everything, building up supplies like swirls. Can't quite get the timing down. I need, I need my glasses, okay? Yeah. So this, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, see why I haven't done a song lately? I'm going to start over, okay? You see Eric Clapton at the Civic Center? Hey, stop the song. Stop the song. Who's got my cheaters? 
I can't see. <laughs> I can't see. I love it when bands stop in the middle yeah. of the song. That's always a favorite for me. So it'd be. Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Got to start over. He's such a wanker. Don't pick on Clapton. I love Clapton. All right, here we go. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Do coronavirus is here please take care will it kill us all or is just an overtyped hyped scare uh, people buying up everything uh, building up supplies like squirrels clutch a toilet paper like they're expensive pearls Remember, drinking Corona with the lime won't give you the disease, but one too many Corona might put you on your knees. Got one more verse. One more verse. In closing, please remember this illness has a low fatality rate, so unless she's coughing and wheezing, feel free to kiss your date. I ain't kissing no date. That was it. I gotta start. All right. I kissed my wife last night right on the mouth. Really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, not at this time of year. No. <laughs> I got to start being nice to him. I got um, to nice. start rehearsing these songs. Maybe yeah, next time ask Dill for some help. Uh, <laughs> he's, got, uh, he's got some skills. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the writing. It was the performance. I, I, I ask my son for help on stuff all the time. There's no reason to be embarrassed. That was, uh, Anybody ever read Dean Kuntz? I've tried, I know but it's, is, it's, yeah. not, it's not up my, uh, he's not my deal. Uh, well, listen to this. I got an email from uh, Gary Miller. I received uh, the copy of this book written in 1981 from a friend in Scottsdale uh, that the coronavirus in Wuhan, China, are in the news, sparked a memory itch in my friend, and he started searching old books he read and found the remarkably prescient writing that you can read below. Amazing coincidence? Plenty of folks do not believe in coincidence, not even a little bit. And he's referencing a book by Dean Koontz called The Eyes of Darkness. I, too, have tried to read Dean Koontz and have not found him my cup yeah, of tea. Yeah. Uh, and in the book, we learn in around 2020, a severe pneumonia-like illness spread throughout the globe, attacking the lungs and bronchial tubes and resisting all known treatments. Almost more baffling uh, than the illness itself was the fact that it, that it will suddenly vanish as quickly as it arrived, attack again 10 years later, and then disappear completely. Wow. Uh, and then you uh, go to this paragraph... Uh, to understand that, Dombey said, you have to go back 20 months. It was around then that a Chinese scientist named Li Chen defected to the U.S. carrying a diskette record of China's most important and dangerous new biological weapon in a decade. They call the stuff Wuhan 400. Really? Because it was developed at their RDNA labs outside of the city of Wuhan, and it was for the 400th viable strain of man-made microorganisms created at that research center. Wuhan 400 is a perfect weapon. It afflicts only human beings. Now we go to another passage. Wow. Wow. To understand that, uh, that's the same passage. Uh, that's it. Those are the passages. Those are the passages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you make of that? Don't throw that away. I want to see that. You may have it. 1981, that book came out? Yeah. Wow. I've never been a big Dean Koontz fan. What? This this nails it right on the head. Yeah. What was it called, Joe? What was the title of the book? Yeah, the Eyes of Darkness. Eyes of Darkness. Okay. 1981. The year and everything. The town, yeah. The description, uh huh. It's almost forty years ago. Forty years ago. What in the right world? <laughs> we were talking about the woman who lost sight of nature and tried to pet a moose. You're not going to say anything more about this. I don't know what you want me to say. 
Uh, I think authors often get lucky with that kind of stuff. You think that's all it is? Yeah. yeah. I don't think Dean Koontz is a secret Chinese spy. Do you still believe that the origin of this virus is, um, oh, how would I say, organic? I have no idea. I, I, Doesn't I, it seem like something that might have been manufactured well, somewhere? Well, there is a chemical uh, messing around place in Wuhan. That's where they invent uh, the bad stuff. The bad stuff. And it's always been there, right? Yeah. So that's why Dean knew about it. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. But 2020, you got the year right. You got right. the year right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Scott Matura out in Montana. We, we were talking about the woman who tried to pet a moose yeah. in Breckenridge. He said, Joe, out here we see people underestimate moose all the time. They view them as being similar to elk, which are naturally nervous of humans and are mostly only aggressive during the rut. Moose, on the other hand, are obstinate and loners. They don't have great eyesight, so they tend to want to stand down anything they see around them. While hiking, I was once cornered by a bull moose in the rut of the fall, way up on an old logging road with a heavy snow beginning. Oh, boy. He had me behind a tree until he decided I was not a threat. It was the scariest 10 minutes I can remember. Remember, Native Americans were more fearful and cautious of moose than they were of bears. Pushing back, Scott Mature. Mm. Isn't that something? Would you like any more news or no? Yes, I would. Uh, Tennessee. Yeah. Ugly in Tennessee overnight. Tornadoes ripping through, including downtown Nashville. In Nashville, shredded buildings, at least 40 of them. Nine people dead in Nashville. In the state of Tennessee, 22 people dead. And at least 140 buildings destroyed in the entire state. Uh, Residents of the historic Germantown neighborhood walked around in dismay as emergency crews closed off roads early this morning. Tennessee Emergency Management Agency spokeswoman Maggie Hannon confirmed the nine deaths in Nashville. The tornadoes responded by a line of severe storms that caused damage across Tennessee. That uh, one tornado in downtown Nashville stayed on the ground all the way into the town of Hermitage, which is about 10 miles east of Nashville. Among the collapsed buildings, a popular music venue that had just held an election rally for... Bernie Sanders. The crowd left shortly before the twister hit the basement East Nashville, according to the Tennessean. John, 19 dead in a tornado in 2020 uh, tells me a few things. Well, a, what time, of, do we know what time this tornado struck? It was over, yeah, yeah, overnight. Night, yeah. Okay, so you're, you got a lot of sleeping people mm-hmm. who apparently weren't aware of it. Right. At, at 6 o'clock when they were eating dinner, did they get, did, did they get weather forecasts that say, Watch out for later tonight. We're in for it. And maybe they did and still said, well, I'm going to bed. So uh, this sounds to me like uh, people trapped without warning. I did. Well, I did see some posts on Facebook. I'm friends with musicians in Nashville. And it, it, is, it hit downtown, which yeah. you don't usually think of. That's rare. Yeah, the tornado hitting downtown. Yeah. So. Plus, isn't there, there's two rivers that run through downtown in Nashville, I, I believe. Know. Not sure. Yeah. Are you going to send that coronavirus song to your friends in Nashville? <laughs> See if I can have a hit. <laughs> Bastard. Sorry. Sorry. I hate you, Kenny. <laughs> I don't blame you. Longtime MSNBC host Chris Matthews abruptly retired from his hardball show on Monday night, apologizing for making comments about women and following a brutal week where he also took heat from supporters of Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. His exit came after a weekend of discussions with his bosses, three days after GQ ran a column by a freelance journalist about her own sexist run-in 
with Matthews in the makeup room before appearing on his show. He opened the show last night with the announcement, talking in his familiar style, saying he was ending his run. After a commercial break, he, he wasn't there anymore. He left. He was replaced by the in the anchor chair by a shaken Steve Kornacki. MSNBC said Kornacki probably will take over for the time being. Matthews is 74 years old. He said that, quote, compliments on a woman's appearance that some men, including me, might have incorrectly thought were okay were never okay. Not then and certainly not today. And for making such comments in the past, I am truly You sorry. don't happen to have, is there any way you could get that audio of Steve? Because it's really good. I mean, he, he they come back from commercial break and he's shell-shocked. <laughs> he's got What's the big... What's his last name, sorry? Kornacki. K-O-R-N-A-C-K-I. Do we know when uh, Chris Matthews uh, apparently said something wrong to a... Uh, what, a woman from GQ? 2017. 2017. Yeah. Why didn't she speak up? Uh, did she, she did. She actually wrote about it, but she did not use his name. Yeah. She's just said a famous, uh, a popular famous host recently said this to me. She said in interviews now that she didn't want to cause a ruckus and never be on MSNBC. See, this doesn't again. square with what we were talking about yesterday with the school in Utah where the uh, grade schoolers are being told they can't say no to a dancing partner. No, you're not building up the strength of the women that way. But she, I think she did the right thing, and I think what happened probably needed to happen. Yeah, and he, oh, and he, he didn't um, ever That was a lot to take in just now, I'm sure, and I'm sure you're still um, absorbing that, and, and I am too. What the um, hell am I going to do? Because <laughs> yeah. Matthews yeah. is a giant. And that's all He's you have legend. to play, Chris. And he he literally had, you know, well, like four more blocks he had to fill right. for at least 45 minutes. That'd be tough just to show up cold yeah. and have to fill 45 minutes. one of those uh, awkward episodes of Sports Talk where Joe and Pat would throw on a collar and the collar would say, well, fellas, I got to run. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, don't go. Don't go. Well, evidently they had a whole show ready to go. I, I mean, uh, prepped. They had a show prep, so he right. just took over from Matthews. Another Garrison Keeler appearance has been canceled. Former host of a Prairie Home Companion had been scheduled to appear at Duluth North Shore Theater April 16th. But the president of the board of directors for the Duluth Playhouse, which manages the venue, said Monday that Keeler's booking agency was pulling out of the show. Board President Patty McNulty said, I really don't know anything. The booking company made the decision. We have acts canceled for various reasons all the time. There had been a petition organized by local activists urging North Shore not to provide space for Keeler. Several of his shows have been canceled since 2017 when Minnesota Public Radio accused him of inappropriate behavior toward a staffer and severed ties with their best-known personality. Last month, Keeler scrubbed plans at the last minute to appear in a fundraiser for the women's club according to his website he has shows scheduled in april and may in grand forks international falls rochester and las vegas lifelong progressive mm-hmm. lifelong lefty how do you think he feels watching himself become the victim of the cancel culture <laughs> i would love to interview him he won't respond to me but he's got to be thinking what's he had a storied career a legendary career. Without a doubt. He was the darling of the flannel shirt-wearing people who are turning out for Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. They, he just was loved. And they're going to roast this guy. They're mm-hmm. putting his head on a spike. It's just amazing to me. What the, drives me crazy is we don't know. I mean, we know a lot of allegations, but we don't know 
everything we need to know. Because, as they say, he stepped out in front of this, right? And he quit before he could be fired. Isn't that true? Well, he penned her poetry or something, or he... I don't even know. Yeah, but it, it's, yeah I don't know either. I don't think he details. did anything that should have destroyed his career. Well, we don't know that. I, you're right. I don't know. Well, maybe what you should do, Joe, in an effort to get that interview, maybe just go over to his house. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been to his house, even though that fruitcake accused me of being at his house. Well, see, now, uh, I, I respect you trying to get the interview, but when you call him that... A fruitcake? Yeah. Well, let him grow up. If he can't handle fruitcake, then he's he's got more issues than I can save him yeah, from. Joe has called me a fruitcake. Yeah. It didn't and he's still here, life. isn't he, Kenny? Right. He's <laughs> called me a lot worse. He's called me that and, and much, much worse. That's right. You're still here, aren't you? <sighs> yeah. You're still here. And I'm still in therapy. Yeah. Uh, touched a woman's bare back, apparently, was the... What started oh, all this? Oh, Did oh, one of these no, things? No, no, no touchy. No, <laughs> no touchy. No, touchy. No, no, no. Uh, oh. Story, I, I hope this At was... One du- time I accidentally brushed my elbow up against a woman's, uh, you know, you know one of her up, up, up there. Goons. Up there, and uh, oh, boy. I just, oh, boy. Who I apologize. Oh, oh. Uh, I hope this was done in good fun, but knowing college-aid students these days, you never know, uh, Large crowd of students at Penn State gathered on Sunday night to mourn the loss of a Taco Bell location in State College, Pennsylvania. <laughs> hey, these this, kids got their priorities. This straight. is what college kids that's should right. be doing. Well, we that's did the right. same thing here with the Arby's on the U of M campus. Remember that? Oh, that's right. That was yeah. a good Arby's. Yeah, it was. The vigil organized by computer science major Prashesh Patel reportedly drew not only students, but also locals and former employees of the former Taco Bell. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. <laughs> Patel, who appeared before the crowd wearing a tortilla costume, said, we, we were all shook after hearing about the closing of this shook. beautiful, Triggered. beautiful state college establishment. Taco Bell was our home away from home and added spice to our life. That's yeah, fantastic. Dressed as a tortilla. Footage from Sunday night's event shows attendees putting candles and flowers at the site of the former restaurant, while others join in to sing a somber rendition of the Penn State alma mater. Judging by the footage, as well as the event's popularity, when it was first announced on Facebook, scores of people turned out to pay their respects. Uh, being one of the best spots to spend a late night out, Taco Bell can never be replaced, said a message posted alongside the event. Johnny, thank you. Yep. We'll be back in a moment. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. Schmelz Countryside Volkswagen is one of the last Twin Cities truly family-owned dealers. A lot of people think that their local dealer name is still run by the same family that used to run it 20 to 30 years ago. That's that's not the way it works now. Regional and national conglomerates own these dealerships, not Schmelz. And the only way Schmelz can compete with these huge companies is by providing excellent customer service and maintaining the relationships that they've developed over the last 50 years. That's why Schmelz Countryside continues to provide an exceptional personal experience focused on long-term vehicle solutions for their customers. Check out the Volkswagen family of SUVs, including the Tiguan and Atlas. They're roomy. They're available in two or three rows. Of course, they have the latest technology. They got technology and stuff. The 2020 Volkswagen Tiguan is on the ground and ready for delivery. They're, they're located 10 minutes east of Minneapolis. They're five minutes north of St. Paul. They're in the south 
east quadrant of Highway 36 and 61. Uh, you can find out much more at SchmelzVW.com. And don't forget, Schmelz is also Fiat and Alpha Romeo. SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com, and SchmelzFiat.com. That's S-H-M-E-L-Z, Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood. Do you, do you know, you had <clears throat> a ricey-like gas attack. Coronavirus. Do you know that we've had these best beer categories? Yes. I have a best beer yeah. one today, but here's a new one. The worst beer. Oh. 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 Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you. I would like to weigh in on the best beer with the worst beer. Recently, while standing in my father's workshop, after discussing with family members about moving him and my mom to assisted living because of an unexpected downturn in his health. He is a Korean War Marine veteran and will soon be 91. As I stood in his, in his immaculate workshop fighting back tears, I walked to the fridge and helped myself to an ice-cold IPA. The beer was delicious. However, it will be known as the worst beer I ever had. Keep pushing back Dan M. in St. Cloud. That's a tough one. That's, yeah. That's... I, have to, I have to counter that with a, uh, with a good one, don't I? Yeah, please, uh, please. Yeah. Uh, can, can, no, no, stop. What? You're the king of turning this bad stuff into positive. Spin that for me. I can't spin that for you. He was going to miss dad. And well, of he's course in, he's he is, in dad's but, shop, and he has a final beer. But his dad, dad, it was father-in-law, right? Can't take care of himself. He's going he's gonna to have care well, now. Plus, it was free. He, he didn't even have to buy that beer. Well, that's <laughs> Jesus, Joe. Stop being crass. It was a free one. Okay. Well, you wanted me to put a positive spin on it. He's going to be taken care of. He's going to have people watching out for him. He's going to be better. Not father-in-law. It was dad. Dad's going to be better off there than withering away and suffering at home. Well, And dad could have left behind a full fridge. Listen, Kenny's the sensitive one. I don't understand this, who you are or why you're here or what... what, uh, you know that makes both of us. I have the world. Uh, I have the world's smallest violin out uh, for these morons who voted three months ago for Amy or Pete. Yeah, you know sure. what? Yeah. Too bad, you dummies. Yeah. yeah. Vote when you're supposed to vote. And it's fun watching people try to console them. Uh, oh, this is a good one, guys. I must admit that I enjoy listening to the best beers, and I wanted to share mine. Seven years ago, I got home from work like any other day, and my lovely bride asked me what I wanted to do for dinner. I told her to call my parents and see if they were doing anything. I was going to go outside to throw an oxygen sensor in my car. She followed me outside as I put my car on two three-ton jack stands, one on each side of the subframe. I got under the car, heard a ping, Uh and tried to get out from Uh underneath it, but it didn't happen. Oh. From belt to head, I was under the car. Ooh. My left arm was supporting the weight of the car. My left arm snapped like a twig, and now the 2,600 pounds of my Jetta was lying on my chest. Jeez. Coming to grasp with my end fate, all I could see was the feet of my bride running around the car. She used the hydraulic jack to lift the car off me. I'll spare you the details of what happened in the ER, but needless to say, I had a shattered radius in my left arm, nerve damage, and bruised ribs. So, so where's the beer? I'm about to get there. This all happened a few days before my 30th birthday. So after I got out of the hospital, a dear friend of mine for more than two decades, decades offered to take me and my wife out to dinner. At dinner, I ordered a Magners. He ordered a Guinness. 
And I must admit, sitting around a table with my wife, my friend, his wife, drinking a beer after never after nearly losing my life, the best beer ever. Cheers, uh, Michael. Uh, wow, what a story. I'm such a scaredy cat that when I use those jack stands, I also get a big chunk of garage wood. Yep. And just so if it if the you hear the ping yes. and the pin breaks, it drops one inch down onto the yeah, garage. Yeah, I think that's why I'm just I'm so paranoid of that. Joe, you recently mentioned an author who does the does to the medical profession what Grisham does to the practice of law. If so, could you give me his name, please? Tom Combs, C O M B S. Tom Combs. Look him up on the Google and go to Amazon and get his stuff. He is doing to for the medical industry what Grisham has done. For the law. Uh, today's the day I was introduced to the podcast by your brother, Joe, a co-worker of mine. Though I live in Jacksonville, Florida, we met at a couple of work functions. And though I wasn't a GLer yet officially, you know another pushbacker when you meet them. I've been hooked on the show since the first listen. Number one on my Christmas list was the GL hoodie, which I proudly wear every chance I get. I've mulled, a writing, I've mulled writing in a number of times, but just didn't sit down and put fingers to keys. However, listening to Friday's show, I knew it was time. I heard the name Gabby Hartnett, and my ears perked up. <laughs> Gabby is my third cousin. Wow! I'm wow. not old enough to have ever met him, but my grandfather shared many stories with me about old tomato face. <laughs> Everyone could use a brief history lesson on Charles Leo Hartnett. He played 20 seasons, 19 for the Cubs. He was the 1935 NL MVP, a six-time All-Star, including starting in the first ever All-Star game, and widely recognized as the greatest defensive and all-around catcher before Johnny Bench came along. He's famous for catching while Babe Ruth called his shot and for securing the NL pennant for the Cubs in 1938 with a walk-off ninth-inning home run known as the Homer and the Gloman referring to the dusky air at the lightless Wrigley Field of that time. It's always nice to hear him mention reverently as he gets overlooked in baseball lore, I think. Thanks for being a great part of each of my days and for having me as a part of the GL family down here in Florida, always pushing back, Ty Gordon. Cool. I think that came up during uh, the sports Gene segment Mock. with Patrick. Yep. And uh, I, uh, they were raving about uh, Gabby Hartnett, and I just naively and innocently said, who in the hell is Gabby Hartnett? And uh, Mock gave me a history lesson. He was a little, a little oh. disappointed. In it's the wisest guy covering baseball, right? Yeah. Is what yeah. he thought. Why is he here? Yeah. Yeah. The Homer and the Gloaming. Yeah, interesting. Really quickly, you mentioned uh, the shirt that he acquired. The, the hoodie. Let's go to uh, the Garage Logic store. Yeah. Guess what? What? We have a new item at the GL store. Uh oh. The Cylinder Index. Hall of Fame T-shirt. Oh, I got to get one. Oh, are you sh- uh, did I show this to you already? No. So check this out. Check it on out. It's got the cool car logo on the front, cylinder oh, yeah. index, Hall of Fame there. You can write in oh, yeah. your your number yeah. of cylinders. So get that at garagelogic.com. It's in both T-shirt form, the cylinder index, Hall of Fame, and in hoodie form. I'm going to get a sweatshirt because that sweatshirt looks cool. Roscoe told me that both style Krabby Coffee Shops are available, the travel mug cool. and the ceramics, yes. too. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, who was the uh, mother of my CI girl, Hannah, writes or linked me to a Sports Illustrated piece. There is an advocacy group now calling for uh, March Madness, the NCAA college basketball tournament, to not allow fans <laughs> for fear of the virus. You're kidding. No, so it would be empty uh, empty buildings. Uh, she writes, this is so ludicrous, I would like to say that I can't believe it, but given the state of our failed academy, 
I can believe it. In other words, this group wants to protect the basketball players from getting coronavirus in order to complete March Madness. So what they're calling for is we can't go to the stadium to actually watch them. Mm. I don't think they'll get anywhere. No. Do you, John? No, I do not, Joe. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, You guys aren't going to believe this one. You know how sometimes the TV news, I don't mean anything locally, of course, (laughs) (laughs) but sometimes they can get a little silly. Yes. You know, let's go visit Bert. He's got a great big pumpkin and, you know. (laughs) (laughs) The local news station attempted a good deed uh, backfired on them. ABC 13 News in Lynchburg, Virginia, tweeted about the awesome gift that they granted to a woman who had experienced two emotional disasters in a row. This is awesome, at G.L. Flickinger, surprised a Halifax County woman who lost her sister in an accident and her home in a fire on the same night. Jeez. And and, uh, the ABC 13 affiliate tweeted out the, uh, well, they brought her an umbrella. An ABC 13 umbrella. They sent their chief meteorologist, George Flickinger, to present the umbrella to Mary and record the momentous gift. We have an umbrella, said Flickinger. And I've never actually actually signed one of these before. And he he signed it and he gave it to them. You have your own ABC 13 umbrella to you, bringing you sunshine on a rainy day. (laughs) What? And Mary said, okay. The station and the meteorologists were pilloried on social media for what appeared to be a thoughtless gift out of proportion with the tragedy. Hey, sorry about the tragedies that killed your sister and burned down your home. Here's a cheap umbrella with our logo on it. Smile at the camera so we can put it on social media and take advantage of your pain, read one sarcastic tweet. This is so outstandingly tone deaf, I had to check your account to see if it's a satire account. (laughs) Oh, my God. Go stick that umbrella up your blank. (laughs) Hello, ABC 13 News. I lost my family in a boating accident. Can I have a new tape dispenser? (laughs) Joked another account. uh, The station station made a mistake. The station responded by clarifying a crucial detail they left out from this. The woman had lost her ABC 13 umbrella in the fire, and her daughter had specifically asked the station to bring her another umbrella. The family was okay with it. They had already been on TV previously about the fire, explained Flickinger. My visiting the family in South Boston was a welcome surprise to Mary, who lost her home, and the family made a large gathering of it. In other words, uh, they wanted the umbrella, but you didn't figure out a way to work that into your presentation. How could you not put that in yeah, a story? Yeah, but then give her something else. Give her more. Well, well not only that, <laughs> you don't use this occasion to leave, bring her the umbrella. Leave the cameras at home. Oh, my God. Uh, just, I found the video, but I didn't I didn't know that that had that ending to it. Just bring it It doesn't out. have that ending. They had to. They came up with that ending. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. You have the video of what? The the guy presenting it to, to the woman. Let's see. Okay. Please. You want to hear it? Sure. Why okay. not? Who's been going through a tough time recently. So we're going to go meet Mary. The fire broke out at Mary's home on Mill Road in Clover Monday night and destroyed almost everything she held dear. Well, see my home burning up and then 
spend late at night. My sister passed away on her way to my house. Her daughter reached out to ABC 13 about her extraordinary loss. And today, Chief Meteorologist George Flickinger set out to brighten up her day. We have an umbrella, and I've never actually signed one of these before. <laughs> uh, you have your own ABC 13 umbrella okay. Thank you. to you, bringing you sunshine on a rainy day. George and I got to talk with Mary and three of her daughters about just how tough things have been it's, for their family. It's the reporter's fault. Uh, she, she should, it should have been in there, right? Yeah, right? I'm looking at a story right here that says Mary's daughter reached out to George Flickinger yeah. Saying it's, mom lost her beloved it's, possession. It's, yeah, but, but, they didn't, but they didn't have the common sense to say, uh, fellas, we're going to get this gal an umbrella. Why don't you wait about six months? Because, or present it in a new car. You know, her sister just died and her house burned down. I don't think now's the time to, I to don't go know. give them the umbrella. I, I think they have a solid defense. I think the, it sounded like her cub reporter yeah. just kind of screwed things up there. Uh, because you, you, you've got to no, go with it. No, it was their version of Dave Dahl. It would be like if... Uh, so so you're saying that that female voice we heard was a veteran reporter? No, no that the wasn't. female voice you heard was the woman receiving the umbrella. No, the reporter, oh, oh, the reporter, oh, the reporter who reporter. did yeah, the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the anchorette back at the desk, and she's, and here goes George Flickinger out to the burned-down property with an umbrella. Well, but now the story, see, they, why, didn't, why didn't they put all this in there? The family asked the station for a new umbrella and asked George Flickinger to bring it to them. Ah. But they didn't put that in the story for some reason, which right. makes it sound really... Dave terrible. would have given, a, given her an engagement ring. <laughs> wow. Line of the century. Oh, God. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Wow. I think this might be my last Yeah, night. you should Can just I, retire. Pretty, pretty Can I sure. have your coffee maker? Yeah, <laughs> pretty, sure, pretty sure I'm done here. Yeah, I think you are. But I, I just couldn't keep it in. <laughs> I know. It was... <laughs> Some there's, lines are just too there's tempting, just aren't they? in me that... Uh, it, it really... really <laughs> yeah, I, goodbye, guys. Uh, Kenny? <laughs> Let's go to break. Look, we'll see you, Kenny. <laughs> goodbye. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Reeves, did you cook up your Grunhofer chicken? So Johnny was nice enough to make the Grunhofer run for the crew, and last night I did both the meatloaf and the chicken breast, which were each the size of, in fact, I didn't tweet those out, I forgot to do that. They're about the size of a Nerf football, but I do have a, I do have a confession to make. Mm-hmm. I cooked up the, the chicken breasts, they were great. Uh, she had one for dinner. I cooked up the meatloaf, and um, you ate the whole meatloaf. She's gone. Really? <laughs> oh, God. Wow. That's an uh, that's a pre-made, oven-ready Grunhofer's old-fashioned meat meatloaf. Much oh. respect, brother. I started, and I I, I couldn't. Were you stop. hold it in your hands, or did you use a f- knife and fork? I did use a fork and yeah. a knife. Yeah, yes. that's a great idea. Well, didn't you give the Two kids handed. some? No, tell it them. They don't need any meatloaf. Would you give them a wiener? Yeah, they had a hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
It was a cud meatloaf. Well, they're they're fascinating. They're fantastic. That might be, and I I love their brats, but honestly, that might be my favorite item. Yeah. The meatloaf, your current favorite? Oh, it's it's so good. And though, though you'll never be able to find out, it's really good the next day, cold too. <laughs> I know. I'm all for two. <laughs> There's nothing better than a cold meatloaf oh, sandwich with so mustard. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I I was looking forward to that. Unfortunately, <laughs> I I couldn't stop. How are things going today for you, Chris? Not not. Too bad. All right. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo. You can tell your own stories when you go there and load up. Mm-hmm. And you'll have stories because uh, your experience there will be but one got, you won't forget. I'm not kidding. Joe, those chicken breasts are the size of a Nerf football. And you grilled them. No, I didn't grill. I, didn't ba- grill. I, I baked, baked those. Because okay. yeah, I ran yeah. out of propane in the old gas grill the yeah. other night. Well, they, you can still get some. They still I, have them. Buy some. You know where you get that, don't you? Brats. Fratelloni's yeah. Ace Hardware. Do they sell propane? Yes, of course they, they do. do. The exchange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course the exchange. they do. Of course they do. Yep. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. You can't miss it. It's got the big GL sign out front. And uh, as Johnny learned uh, Saturday, your trip there is likely to introduce you to new GLers. Mm-hmm. It's become the meat capital of the world. In an investors' meeting Tuesday morning that touched on a wide range of issues, Target executives said the retailer would start adding fresh groceries and alcoholic beverages to its store pickup service and open more small-format stores, including a new convenience store-sized concept. They also said they have not seen a significant impact on the current business due to the coronavirus outbreak. Chief Financial Officer Michael Fidelke said the company is closely monitoring the situation and its impact on the supply chain, but the company thinks it's well-positioned to weather any disruptions, not expecting any sales for the year to deviate from the plan for comparable sales growth in mid-single digits. From the Star Tribune, a group of neighbors lost an appeal Monday to stop construction of an apartment complex by the Witch's Hat Tower over here in Minneapolis. Right across the street. Yep. They had argued it would block key views from its observation deck. The group is called Friends of Tower Hill Park. They filed a lawsuit in December 2018 saying a 14-story project proposed along University Avenue violated the Minnesota Environmental Rights Act. The suit said the project would block the observation deck views from the water tower to the state capitol and the Cathedral of St. Paul. Vermilion Development, the developers argued their project would not block views of downtown St. Paul. A district court dismissed the neighborhood group's action last year after Vermilion said the project and the impact on any views had already gone through an extensive vetting process with the city council and planning commission. Writing for the court, appeals court judge Louise Bjorkman on Monday affirmed the lower court's decision. Ari Peretz, Minnesota Development Director for Vermilion, said he was excited to move on from the lawsuit and start construction. They had hoped to break ground in early 2019. They're now looking to do so around May. You know, I normally mock and poo-poo the wants and needs and concerns of all of you cityots, but uh, this is apocryphal. This is stupid. Well, it's and not dis- apocryphal is the wrong word. Apocalyptic? It's apocalyptic, maybe. Apocryphal, it means it's a fairy land. It's a fairy story. It's a fairy tale. (laughs) He gave her an engagement ring. (laughs) Answer this, though, for me. Um, uh, Because in the last couple of days, I heard, did Dylan really write all along the watchtower regarding this? Is that true? I was unaware of that. I just, what? I don't know what you're holding up. Dylan, oh, I'm holding up the story that John just read, the, the Witch's Hat Tower. Oh, oh. And in the last couple of days, I, I saw a reference to this being the inspiration. Oh, really? Could have been from that, his days Jan, at the U. That John. would be apocryphal. 
an apocryphal Maybe story. Maybe it's an apocryphal story. But yeah. you can't confirm and or deny that. I've never that. heard that. I've never heard that. Ever. That's, that's just disgusting that they're going to do You're that. You're pro-preserving the view. Absolutely. So am I. Absolutely. What's wrong with the view? Yeah. Where are they going to put this thing? And um, It's between know. us <laughs> and the tower. The tower is west of us on University. Oh, is it, the, is it that um, foundation that's being gutted right now that would be between us and Surly? Probably. Is it that location? No, no. That no. If you're going to block a view of downtown St. Paul, it has to be on the on the south side of University Avenue yep. and yep. east of the water tower. Yeah. So directly oh, across right. the okay. street somewhere. Okay. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Where that guy had the Bernie Sanders drugstore? Right. No, this would no. It would be the uh, the electronics place. That t- is it. Tyranny electronics. I, have no idea. I bet it's that building. I have no idea. And why only once a year? It'd be fun if that thing was open all summer. What's the deal? Well, no. Wait a minute. If it's only open once a year, then I'm I'm less pro view. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. If you're gonna leave me, if you, if I can walk up any day I want. You know what I've got for you? Huh? This is your column this week. Give me my hundred bucks. Oh, no. I just gave I, you I a, column that that's a column idea. That's that's a hundred dollars right there. They're only hundred if I use the idea. Well, Krabby Coffee Shop, I think you owe me about five hundred. I think. We, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Just angling to get there. Weren't you? I still get emails from people saying, "Where is it? I'm coming to town." I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, yeah. I'm. I've. That's no longer interests me anymore. Wow. So we're not going to do the raft or uh, nobody, the pontoon or nobody cares. You know, we do. GLers care, but nobody in power here cares. They're they're like, yeah, Kenny, okay, shut up, go go, go in away. the corner. Yeah. The owner of a St. Cloud bar charged with intentionally burning it down appeared in court Tuesday morning, where a judge set his bail. Stearns County Sheriff's Office said 40-year-old Andrew Charles Welch's bail set at 1.2 million dollars without conditions or 200 grand with conditions. Welch charged with two counts of first-degree arson for intentionally setting the fire that burned down Press Bar and Parlor last month in St. Cloud. Firefighters responded to a fire 2.45 in the morning, February 17th. Crews had to demolish the bar to completely extinguish the fire. The complaint says the bar was open the previous night and city surveillance video showed a vehicle registered to Welch park in front of the bar at 9.02 p.m. the night before the fire. After sitting in the vehicle for 28 minutes, he then went into the bar. At 2.08 a.m., a bar employee is seen leaving and nobody else entered or exited the building between the time Welsh left at about 2.11 and the time that firefighters responded early the next morning. According to the complaint, the bar employee told investigators Welsh came to his office, stayed much later than normal the night before the fire. When the employee texted Welsh several times early on the morning of the 17th after learning of the fire, Welsh didn't respond. The complaint adds that investigators determined the fire started in the basement office on top of a desk Fire patterns indicated an accelerant was used. You guys read this piece in the Star Tribune today? They had a list of all the money, and like they'd say in old TV episodes, he owed money all over town. It was really bad. It was so bad that it actually made me feel better about my own situation. (laughs) (laughs) The guy who owned the press? So for me anyway, it could be a lot worse. But when I did read that, the first thought that came to mind is why not just sell the place? Yeah, it was uh, going to be put up for right, sale, apparently. Right. To settle a divorce settlement yeah. between him and his wife. Okay. Well, the, right. the other number in that story I hated was at one point his checking account for the bar was at $136. Yeah, I've got uh, $80 less than that in my account right now. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have to buy booze for a bar. <laughs> Twin Cities has lost a very fine musician, pianist uh, Peter Shimke. 
took his own life on February 24th after many years of struggling with mental illness. Uh, Well-known around the jazz community here in the Twin Cities. Remember Irv Williams, the saxophone player, yeah. who died at the age of 100? Uh, he played often with Peter Shimke. They played as a duo, piano and saxophone. Played a lot at the Dakota. The Dakotas of Coder Lowell Pickett said Irv liked playing with people who could push him. Peter was one of the best of it. Shimke also played with lots of folks you'd know by name. Billy Preston, Sam yes, Moore, yes. Pete Escovito, no. Peruvian guitarist Andres Prado, Mark Murphy, my favorite jazz singer ever. I know you hate jazz singers, Kenny, but. He was wonderful. How old was this guy? 59. That's sad. Very sad. Uh, Often played locally uh, his own regular gigs with bands at the Artist Quarter, Jazz Central, Black Dog Cafe, and Lexington in St. Paul, where he pioneered the jazz at the Lexington series and was still playing up until last year. Hmm. A vegan woman, we got another vegan story, claims she was humiliated by Kentucky Fried Chicken staff who served her a chicken sandwich and then laughed at her for eating it. Vanessa Franco ordered what she thought was the fast food chain's new vegan sandwich from a drive-thru. She was horrified when she took three bites and realized something wasn't right. Wait, three bites? Three bites. Should have known that on the first So she didn't finish it. When she complained to store staff, she claims they started laughing about her ordeal before replacing the sandwich with a veggie sandwich. Uh, Vanessa, who lives in Pollard's Hill, London, recently turned vegan, has been a lifelong vegetarian, said, I realized the texture tasted different, so I drove back to KFC and asked them to confirm it was a vegan burger. That's when the girl who served me told me it was a chicken filet sandwich. She then called her colleague, who told me to come inside. She also said, if I took bites out of it, then why didn't I notice it was a chicken burger? Uh, Vanessa said she didn't want to go inside because her baby was in the back seat sleeping, but she says she went inside, and when she told them what happened, everyone started laughing. How does this become a story? It's not I'm, a story. I'm sure that she uh, shared it somewhere, Facebook, whatever. Oh, and, for God's sake. And sakes. somebody picked it up and said, look at what happened to this woman. Well, that's <laughs> just... Yeah, see? We should yeah. book her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interview tomorrow. Uh, speaking of, uh, boy, this this is bad service right here. Uh, you're sitting at home, let's say, in Spring Hill, Tennessee. You're laying in bed sleeping. Uh, suddenly, people are... Uh, tearing the roof off your home. Oh, boy. Seemed like a dream for Belinda Hungate, who says she woke up to the noise outside and soon saw men discovering, uh, saw men, excuse me, tearing off her roof. Damn near happened to me. True story. Yeah. Was that the Dark Star story? Oh, when he sent the uh, crew to you. Gave me a ride to the fair for one Monday night sports talk, and I idly said to make conversations I got in the car, I got to get on that roof tomorrow. I got a lot of work to do up there. And he goes, you need a roof? I said, well, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, we need one. I'm going to start looking at it. Swear to God, the next morning, there were up, uh, there was people on the roof tearing it apart. Yeah, but you needed a roof. I know, but I wasn't really quite ready yet. (laughs) Not ready to write the check. Right. Did he give you a bid or anything before? No, no, the guy just showed up and Dark must have said, he's good for it. And uh, get up there and they were ripping the hell out of it. Well, this woman. It's a true story. <laughs> he was so cool. Oh, I, God, I don't I know about that. that. <laughs> I, I was telling my dad over the weekend, I used to, when I was a kid, I'd go out to the track and go up to the press box, and with tips from Dark, I would win enough money to pay my rent. Oh, really? Dark, Dark's wow. help, I paid my rent for a half a year. <laughs> the, the beautiful thing about this story, it was in Spring Hill, Tennessee. 
she called the police after trying to get them to stop. They wouldn't stop because she said there was a language barrier, and they kept working. So she called the police. They just wave hi. Exactly. Hi. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> called the police, and the crew supervisor showed up. Uh, and learned that the roofers were not only at the wrong house. They were in the wrong town. Oh, boy. <laughs> they, were sp- oh, no. they were supposed to be working on a house in nearby Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I'll be damned. The contractor agreed to replace the family's roof. She says it's a problem, though. She says they have a mess they weren't really counting on at the moment. Uh, the news, uh, or excuse me, the uh, boss said it'll cost them about ten grand. the mistake, to mm-hmm. fix everything that they did. Mm-hmm. You need a roof? <laughs> I had crap laying in my shrubs. <laughs> <laughs> Big strips of rubber in the front yard and Shingles ladders everywhere. everywhere. And, <laughs> I hear boots up on the roof walking around. Were you still asleep when they yeah, started? Yeah, they happened about 7.30, 7 o'clock. <laughs> That's the same thing this woman went Trucks through. over there. You're getting the elbow and Ladders. Hey, go see what that is. What's happening? <laughs> Two nights ago, the raccoons got into our grill. Ooh. Oh, you know how the grill has the doors beneath the actual sure. grill part where you store stuff. Yep. Yeah. They got that those doors open and took out all the parts in there and spread them around the yard and licked the grease off them and the whole deal. They had a picnic. Yes, they did. <laughs> so it's time for a new grill. Well, I think so. Where are you going to get that? I'd have to talk to Frats about that. I got a nice Weber from Frat a couple of years yeah. ago. They deliver, wouldn't they? They they can and well I they have to or otherwise I won't buy it there. Okay. <laughs> wow. wow! Do they have to? You think I'm going to lift that thing? You're crazy. <laughs> Does, do they have to store it for you in the winter like they do your lawn? You know, but it's not a bad. Well, see, but we grill in the winter sometimes, so I can't store it. Yeah, winter grilling's the best. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. love grilling in winter. I took a grill home once. Uh, here's a horrible story. I was driving my favorite car ever. I had a Ford Explorer Eddie Bauer model. And my wife, we had, put, had it all put together. I put it in back, and my wife was carrying the grates. And she walked five feet along our car with it oh. scratching my car oh. with, without realizing it. Oh. I had a thing this long on my nice Ford Explorer. A scratch. Yeah. And she had no idea that she even had. I said, uh, excuse me, excuse me, look what you're doing. I didn't do that. Uh, yes, yes, you did. No, she didn't do it. That's that's why you should have them deliver it. That's like my kid, the youngest kid I used to have. When she hits something, she just keeps hitting it. Right. She doesn't <laughs> stop hitting it. It was the bank <laughs> pole, right? She, she starts going around the pole and the concrete <laughs> the concrete pole in a parking ramp and just keeps going, hearing the grinding, just keeps going. There's a simple solution yeah. to all of this. Schoonover Body Works. That's right. Glass. Wow. That's right. Wow. I think we set a record for the number of I think so. we did. I think so. Our clients get taken care <laughs> yes, of on the show. Do. Really, really do. Thanks, Johnny. You bet. And uh, thank you, GLers. You going to get a Cylinder Index Hall of Fame shirt? Yes, I am. Where do I go to do that? GarageLogic.com. What's your index at? Uh, you're uh, you're catching me off guard. Oh, I have I'm a, sorry. I have some new. I'm gonna do it. I'll do it right now and tell you off air. Okay, very good. GarageLogic.com is also where you get all of your podcast information. And please don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps others find the podcast. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.